Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. So today's episode is a recording that I had with an amazing woman who actually was my business coach and kind of helped helped me navigate when we uh, went into lockdown. I hired her, and I've also met amazing people through her. My Actually, my first podcast guest was one of the women that I met through her group coaching program. And the next guest coming up in the next few weeks, I just actually recorded with her today. Um, I also met through Rhea and her business coaching program. So I'm very excited that I, one, got to work with Rhea, but two, met some amazing women in the fitness industry with like-minded focuses and ideologies when it comes to fitness. So I thought it only necessary to have this woman on since she definitely has played a role in my life in the last few years as far as you know starting my business, being more intentional with my training business, and also that she is kind of the nucleus or catalyst to me meeting other wonderful women in the business. And it's very important that we surround ourselves and we are encouraged by women in the business. Um, in the fitness business because there are a lot of us, but you also want to make sure you're around people who are like-minded and can give you different forms of thought and just help you expand and also encourage you. So I definitely have found that in the women I have met while I while I was working with Rhea. So her name is Rhea Zerbos, and she's an online business coach for fitness and health coaching moms. So she's kind of pivoted her business a little bit to really focus on coaches that are specifically moms. I worked with her before she did the pivot. She still works with everyone, but right now she has really made her focus on women who are in the industry who now happen to be mothers. She helps create profitable businesses without a lot of followers. She's been in the fitness business for over 22 years. She's worked for some amazing companies. She's, you know, presented at ACE, I believe, or one of the fitness conventions. She's rode her bike all throughout Europe. She just has an amazing story for her passion and her desire and her level for fitness. I just appreciate it. And I love people who strive, especially women who strive in the fitness industry, because sometimes we're not always welcome in certain arenas, but she's definitely made an impact, had an impact on me, and it's fantastic. So Uh, Now she helps fitness and health coaching moms get unstuck in their online businesses to create profitable businesses. So her focus is really on online fitness coaching, and it really touches her heart to help these women because that was her. You know, she was a cycle instructor, one of the first, I believe, in San Diego. We touch on that in the interview and things like that. So she has a passion to serve this community because she is a part and was a part of that community where she was an instructor and she became a mom and how do you balance the two and still keep your love of fitness and things and the things she sees in the industry now and the people she works with and what we need to see more of what we have seen that maybe we don't need anymore we just have a really great conversation so I hope you enjoy this episode uh rate follow subscribe, leave a comment, all of that good stuff. And I will see you next week's, I will see you on next week's episode. Bye. Enjoy this episode with Rhea. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. And today I have my former business coach, Rhea, on Thank you so much. Rhea Z is on for today, and I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, come on and have a fun little chat with me. Well, thank you so much for having me, sweetheart. I am so <laughs> excited to be here, and I've just been so excited to watch your journey. So I'm like, ah, yeah. <laughs> well, you are you are a big part of my journey and how I kind of started doing 
more online stuff, even when I was working with you, I think one of the things I said was I wanted to start a podcast. And so it took me a little while to get here, but I did get here. Don't worry. I get it. It took me a year to start mine. So no, there's no worries. I think when it's the right time, the right time, uh, you'll start. Yeah. And you just kind of have to learn and roll with it and figure it out. Exactly. All right. So Rhea, before we get started, let uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, your business, what you do. And yeah, we'll start there. Okay. So obviously my name is Rhea. I have been in the fitness industry for over 22 years. There's definitely not a job that I have not done from the towel desk person to managing clubs, managing trade shows, managing regions, to hiring uh, master instructors, to teach instructors how to be instructors. Uh, and then about five and a half, almost six years ago, I started online. And I started online with the specific goal of helping fitness professionals have a presence online. Because what I was seeing are these non-certified, non-professional influencers, if you want to call them that, um, have these profiles that were amazing. And they were making a ton of money. And I was like, why are my friends not making this money? And why do their profiles not look so pretty? So it's how I started, but I quickly transitioned into business coaching, specifically helping fitness professionals, health coaches, which now I niche down more into being a mom because that's part of who I am as a mom of two and helping them really craft their program. So their program sells. So it makes sense to the consumer, because how you put your program out there to another fitness professional doesn't always make sense to how it's going to connect with the consumer. So I really help fitness professionals that are stuck, that are just starting or trying to make sense of this whole line world is what I do now. That Amazing. I love. I love that. Um, how did you start out in the fitness industry? Well... I went to university for exercise physiology and nutrition. And at the time, I was going to be a physical therapist. I really thought that was the path I wanted to go down until I actually went and volunteered at a physical therapy clinic and was like, oh, oh, I can't do this. This is this is not me. I take a lot of personal things home and I couldn't take that home with me. Yeah. So my sister introduced me to a man named Ron Crawford. He was the first person to bring spinning to our area back in, oh my God, I'm going to date myself. It was like 1995, I think it was. Okay. And I started with spinning and really just got into it, got into exercise physiology and was like, this is what I want to do. And I didn't know how I would develop in the fitness industry. I kind of always knew I wanted to do, I wanted to make a big impact and I wanted to, one of my videos, I wanted all that. I wanted to get on stage as a presenter. I really, that was a goal of mine. And I just kind of got into that path. And when I moved to California, that's when so many doors got opened up for me. The people I met in the industry really paved the way for even myself, where I also realized I didn't want to be on stage. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I saw the ugly side of the fitness industry. And I was like, I'm good. You're like, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And I would rather help people look better. And not look better physically, but present better. How you project yourself, how you get your message across was really kind of my gift of helping presenters present on stage. Okay, awesome. Was... So you did go for exercise physiology and nutrition, and I'm actually getting my master's right now in exercise science with physiology. So definitely know how that feels. And uh-huh. and it's a lot. I think right now, though, the industry has transformed into exercise physiology now goes into more arenas, whereas years ago, it was like solely, you know, the stroke victim, the car accident victim and stuff like it was people who went through major or especially cardiovascular um, disease and cardiac arrest is really what you work with. But now it has kind of branched into sports medicine and they use physiologists for um, 
teams. You have like they have exercise physiologists on, you know, a lot of college and uh, it didn't exist. Yeah, it did. And it didn't exist a, a, a while back. Like if you were a physical therapist, you worked with grandma, grandpa, yeah. accidents, uh, and, you know, things like that, where now physical therapy, you have like sports physical therapy and things where that even has only become present maybe the last 10 years. I don't know if you know the Czech Institute, you know, I remember when he started and people thought he was crazy because he was targeting sports and golf and everyone was like who is this guy you can't just do that i'm like yeah you can because there was a whole arena of of people out there that was just not being served properly so i definitely because i i probably wouldn't be able to be in this field if that's all i was working with i feel like i would take it you take it home with you and then i also wouldn't leave the house (laughs) just be like it's a dangerous world out there guys it's dangerous um what are the things that you saw early in your career that you still see today as far as maybe trends, etiologies, thought processes? And of course, so for this podcast and even with your work, we specifically kind of gear more towards women. So I always am interested in that in the terms of um, female clients, women you see working out in the gym or even instructors and things you see like that. So I think for me, I see I see more the instructor side of things of what I see. I don't see as many clients on the floor anymore. I stopped personal training over 10 years ago. So I don't see as many of what people are doing wrong on the floor. I see some crazy stuff online of what people are doing that I'm like, please stop. Stop, I, yeah. I mean, it's as simple as, I mean, what is it called? The Roman bench or something where people do abs? It like... I can't even think. Oh, in the chair, the Romanian chair. Yeah. You still see people doing the most craziest thing on that. I'm like, what What are you doing? (laughs) As for instructors, and I'll give you the good and bad of what I see happening with instructors. I'm going to start with the bad because sometimes it's a little bit easier. (laughs) Sometimes instructors are trying to show themselves get seen too much that they forget the basics and the foundation of teaching. Yes, I get you want to be Insta famous or YouTube famous for your move, but you're forgetting the basic foundations of what should happen. You don't have to get all crazy on a spin bike to get a great workout. You know, the foundations of how that was built and why it was built, if you program it properly, you don't need to do one-legged spin things on there or planks on a bike. Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Are people planking on a bike? Oh, yeah. Google it. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Never, I've never, again, I do it offline before we started recording. I, I told you that my algorithm now weeds out all the nonsense. So I don't see the craziness. And I, I, I was like, so my algorithm is like, no, we're not going to give her Gwyneth Paltrow. We're not going to give her planks. So I'm like, planks on a bike? What are you talking about? Oh, that's a thing. I'm going to Google it now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a thing that some people are doing. So I think... Instructors are trying to, like I said, be Insta famous, YouTube famous by doing things that don't need to be done. Not all of them are unsafe. Not all are unsafe, but there's no purpose. There's no purpose behind it. And I'm very much a person when it comes to working out, what is the purpose? Where where are we going with this exercise and why? If you can explain that to me, I'll do the crazy. Right. You can't break it down scientifically to me of why that exercise is a purpose. I don't understand it. Yeah. Now the good thing that I see is there is, I'm so happy to see more instructors being educated, sticking to the roots, sticking to the foundation of things and really creating solid programs and creating solid businesses online, which I love. I'm like, I'm so happy to see because as women, when we start a family, trying to keep that same lifestyle as a fitness instructor is virtually impossible. It is just virtually impossible for us to keep that same lifestyle because 
we can't go teach the 6 a.m. class or the 6 p.m. class. We've got to maybe try to fit it in. And it's just not always the same. So I really, I'm glad to see more women are creating their own businesses and we're not just staying tied to a gym, tied to a club. They're expanding themselves and putting themselves out there. Is it easy? No, it is work. You know this. It is work to do it. But can it be very rewarding at the end? Absolutely. Yeah, I I did have that conversation on who was my first guest with Samantha from how I met you when in our, in your group coaching, that was actually my first guest. And Samantha and I had that discussion about, you know, she is younger than me, but she was like, I need to start now because I do want to be a mom and I need to make sure this business is launched. I need to make sure it's running and it can function so that I can be both. She doesn't have to leave the fitness industry in order to be a parent. And I know that's something that I have always struggled with. Um, is that, you know, I very much know, like I would have to leave and then you don't know if you're going to be on bed rest and you don't know if there's going to be an issue. You don't know if you're going to be able to go back. You are worried about your body going back to the, it's just like all these things that play in the back of your head that you're like, <laughs> it is, and it's scary. So I'm happy to see more women, more moms realizing this and starting something that is their own. And I just had a conversation with a client about this, talking about how much instructors and trainers that work for clubs get paid. And now, mind you, this was 15 years ago in San Francisco. And I told her and she was like, oh my God, that's it. And I was like, I don't think you realize how little the instructors get paid. And nobody's ever there to bat for them. And when I was a manager, that was like my biggest thing where I was like the the man on the plate every time, you know, payroll time for increases would come up. I'm like, oh, they need a raise. And they would be like, why? I'm like, because they do. I'm like, that's it. And they I think it it's the thing where being in New York City, being based out of New York City, it is very different here than mm-hmm. even if you just step outside of the five boroughs. Um so New York City, like as an instructor, you get paid well here. So New York City, you pretty much have a solid salary as an instructor and everything. But as soon as you leave, as soon as you cross the river into Jersey, you go to another state or even state in New York State, just in a different area. The uh, the rate they get paid, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, I was like, I, I literally at one point when I was working for another company, not the company I'm with now, I went, I was like, you know, I went to the coach of the class. I was like, oh, you know, how much do you get paid? She told me, I said, that's it. Like, I literally didn't mean for it to come out. Like and she said, where do you work? And I told her in the city, she goes, oh yeah, you guys are almost double of what we make. And I was like, so in New York city, like we do well here. Like if you're a coach or an instructor in New York city, you do well. Yeah. But when it comes to anywhere else in, in America, unless you're in like even a ma- major city, I'm like, yeah, San Francisco still does not pay their instructors well. In I didn't know. My opinion, peeps. <laughs> but yeah, but it's definitely different as soon as you leave. I'm like, ah, oh, that's it. Yeah, so. That is something that's hard. And then I, I also said that we're almost like construction workers in terms of when we use our bodies. Like if you're teaching a spin class, you're teaching a boot camp, you're teaching, you know, something you can take like four, have to like, and not even go full out, but you end up taking like maybe three hours of working out in a day. It's a lot of wear and tear on your body. So you're also paying, you're paying for that. You're paying for the wear, the tear, Motive, being motivating your playlist. I think people kind of think like, oh, you just show up and you teach. I've got to make a playlist. I have to be motivating and encouraging, even if I'm very upset or I'm sad that day. So yeah. that's where people forget. You know, like we don't get paid for the prep. The yeah, prep that goes in. There's a lot of prep that goes into that, and I, I, I think people forget that. So, um. Yeah. And I think it's, that's also why a lot of instructors end up leaving the industry because they get so burnt out for all this work and no, no real reward at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's hard. 
And then if you're not full-time someplace, then you don't also have health insurance. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's a whole other ball. That's, that's a whole other, that's a whole other go into the lab. That's a whole other, can have a whole other podcast about that. Um, what are, well, we kind of already went into that question. What are the differences? What is the evolution of women you've seen as in the fitness industry from when you started to where you are now, as far as instructors, knowledge, anything like that? Honestly, I, it's been a great evolution to be honest, because when I started, women were just in Lycra. They were just Lycra and pretty and look at me do my high kick on the step to where I see them now owning the companies. I see them now owning the businesses where before it was a very, very much a man driven uh, industry with women being in the front because we're cute because we are. But now I see the women taking control and owning it and be like, no, 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 I own the business and I'm going to lay the ground rules. And that has been really refreshing. I mean, even uh, last year, um, Amy Boone Thompson bought Idea Fitness. I've known her for years and I'm so proud of her because she bought it. She's running it and she's really top notch, incredible person. So that's amazing. That happen is just awesome to see. Kind of like taking that seat at the table. Yes. But perspective. We have a seat at the table now. That's what awesome. it is. How has fitness served you in your day-to-day life? Well, it allows me to sit on the floor with my kids. I love that. <laughs> and honestly, I grew up in a family where everything was watch your weight, watch what you eat. Um, obesity runs in the family. So there was always this, and I always thought to myself, I don't want that. And so being active was something I started even when I was 12 years old and keep going and keep going and making it a career for me to my day-to-day life. Exercising doesn't exist for me. Like on the sense that like, it's like breathing. If I don't exercise that day, it's like, I don't breathe. And when I say exercise, it doesn't always mean I'm going all out for something. It could just mean a 30-minute walk of just being able to move my body, stretching, yoga, as I've matured, because I'm not getting older. There we go. (laughs) I am maturing. I also realize that my body doesn't want to do the pounding anymore. It doesn't want to do the hit classes anymore. I don't enjoy it, and I don't feel good doing it. But doing Pilates, doing yoga, lifting weights more, that is what my body And it's really paying attention to those things of where before I could go from one triathlon to the next triathlon, a marathon and keep going and keep going. And I would ignore my body and I would ignore the screaming signs that, hey, you needed a rest day to where now I'm like, I recognize that and go, you know what? I would rather go hike for hours on end with my kids and know that I did something like that's that's still a workout to me. Yeah, that's amazing. So I think that's very important to know and that you've also said that like strength training and weightlifting weights is definitely something that is more prevalent in your life now Absolutely. than maybe it was when you were doing triathlons. Because I know tri- when it came to triathlon training um, years ago, it was like, don't lift weights. Even now a little bit, it's like, don't lift weights. It's going to slow you down. It's going to make your legs heavy. That's still a big thing with like runners and like marathon runners. Like don't do legs because it's going to make your legs bigger. It's going to make you heavy. It's going to slow down your mile time. And I'm like, yet you have hamstring pulls. Okay. Keep going. Because <laughs> I always had the weightlifting in there, but now it takes over me doing spinning every single day, even though I could ride my bike for hours on end because I love it. Like, I just love it. I mean, just, it's such a passion for me. But I realized that I'm like, no, you have to do other things. You can't (laughs) do that. I do that when I need, like, mental sanity. Yeah. Like me with with running. Like, 
I used to run. I was an avid runner. Every weekend I was in a race. I had a big number on and it was more for like, oh, I need to be skinny. I need to be weight loss. This is, but now it's more like I do it because I enjoy it. I do it for mental clarity. I do it because I know that cardiovascular health is important. I know that it needs to be part of my workout, but not all of my workout. And we also go through evolutions like I've only done one marathon. I've done a bunch of half marathons, but I've only done one marathon. If I ever got into New York City, I would probably gear more towards that because I would love to just bucket list that I ran the New York City marathon. Would that mean I'd be a marathon runner after that? Probably not. But for that short season, that is where my focus will be. And I think that's what people kind of need to realize. And that's programming is that your programming should never be you know, maxing out your weight, your programming should never be hypertrophy only. It should never be power. Your training should ebb and flow. And that's periodization. I think that's a hard thing that people, if they don't work with a coach or a trainer, they don't understand periodization. It's like, well, I should do sprints every day. I should try and max out my squat every time I hit the gym floor. I should try and max this out every time. And it's like, there are days to do that. There are days to be higher repetition. There's days to be medium. There's days to, you know, power clean and do all that kind of stuff. So it's that ebb and flow that goes along with our lives. Every season, you know, we change and our fitness can go along with that, but we have to have the mentality to know that, you know, you might not back squat for a while because it hurts. You switch it to a front squat or you do hack squats or you're going to be more hip thrust focused. It doesn't mean, but you're still working the same muscles just in a different movement pattern that might be a little kinder and more gentler for your body. So I think that's one thing that students and clients need to understand a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so we met through your coaching program. Uh, we kind of touched on this earlier about what made you want to work with coaches. Uh, so I know that when I first met you, you were more geared towards the fitness professional in your, uh, business and your coaching, but you kind of geared more. I saw like a little bit of an evolution of yourself where you went more towards, um, moms and moms who are fitness professionals and kind of helping them. So, where you started, where you are, what brought on the change? Um, my coaches. <laughs> Here's my okay. coaches that were like, Ria, you need to be talking to moms. And I was, I was very resistant. I was like, no, I don't want to talk to moms. <laughs> I like my fitness professional people. I like this. They're like, you need to talk to your moms. You need to talk to your moms. And so after... 2022, which I mentioned to you earlier, was just not my year. Um, I did a lot of soul searching and a lot of being like, you know what? I really want to shift my business. A lot of the methods that I was teaching and also helped me grow my business, I no longer enjoyed. I didn't like the very masculine energy of pitching and selling online anymore. I was like, this doesn't feel good to me. And I needed to shift in order to start feeling good in my business. And one of those shifts was I want to shift to the the person that I'm talking to a more softer approach. I really, really want fitness professionals, health coaching moms to have their own business because something that I was very blessed on the fact that I found balance in my life very early on because I've worked for home from home for a while. But then after I had a loss, after I had my kids, I'm really good at shutting down. I'm like, oh, my time's up. I'm done. Yeah. And teaching other moms how to do that because they sit there and they say, well, I have no time. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I've got to get the kids. And I'm like, please let me show you. Let me show you how you don't have to post every day. You don't have to show your kids if you don't want to. You can have a business without this constant hustle and grind that a lot of moms think they have to have in order to be online. And I'm like, you don't. You need the right messaging. You need the right program that actually speaks to people that is not missing that piece of the puzzle. Because that's something I'm seeing right now is a lot of programs out there. They're not selling, they're not connecting because there's one piece where they're not meeting their client where they are. 
So they're talking about here or they're talking about here and their clients here. I'm like, you got to come together. And a lot of it comes down to messaging and the messaging inside their program. Um, They have no plan. So if you have no plan, you can't talk about it with pure confidence. One of the things I will say towards that is we submerge ourselves in people we know and like our business and stuff. So it's almost sometimes I think, cause I've realized that I've been doing this is we assume people know what we know. And we're like, well, I don't need to talk about that because people already know that I don't need to talk. And then I realize that no, they actually don't like to us because we surround yourself, you know, I read, I'm in school, I've got classmates. I even have a friend of mine who I love her. She's one of those people that's like jump off the cliff. So during the pandemic, I you know was texting her. I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to go back to school and get my master's. She, I, She's like, oh, send me the information. She goes, yeah, I applied. Like a day later, she's like, oh yeah, I applied to the program. And every, like, she just jumped with me. Like, <laughs> I was like- I remember her. I remember you go, my friend just jumped and did it with me. Yeah, she just she just jumped. Um, so, and we're still doing it together and everything. And we will talk about that. It's like, we almost feel like, oh, well, people know that. Like, there's so many people. There's so much stuff. Like, people know that. I mean, it's like, you try and give them this level of information, but you'd be surprised how many people are still down here and don't have that information. But we think because we're surrounded by it, well, that's just standard knowledge. And a lot of it is not standard knowledge even one of the women in my class we have to do like a video presentation like who we are where we're from what we do our background this one woman such a badass she is amazing I don't know her but I'm in awe of her and one of the things is she is an exercise physiologist um she's doing the program to be a clinical exercise physiologist but she's an exercise physiologist she went from living in Florida to moving to Georgia but she works in Tennessee And she said the amount of people that she is like, they go, she works at a hospital. You have patients come in and she goes, well, how's your blood pressure? And they go, oh, it's good. And she goes, well, you took your blood pressure. They go, no, I didn't. So she goes, how do you know it's good? They go, well, when I stood up today, I didn't get lightheaded. She was And she says that one of the things that the people in this town tell her is, well, you bandage it and you keep moving. That's their level of healthcare. It's like bandage it and you got to keep going. But Mm -hmm. the knowledge she says that they don't have of movement and health, it's very like starting from the bottom. But we think, you know, there's the internet, there's Google, there's the news. We think we're saturated, but we'd be very surprised where the messaging is not meeting and it's not there to be honest there's a reason why when you watch the news it's always the basics it's because people are missing the basics and so this is something i also see happening is my fitness pros are talking way up here and i'm like honey they don't know where their hamstring is yeah that's called the back of the leg like the verbiage they don't have. I mean, even a past client of mine, I was like, okay, you know, we're going to do bicep curls. And she's like, what is that again? I'm like, oh, dear God. Like, what do you mean? So they're missing so many basic foundations. But, you know, when you're creating your business online, it's really understanding who that ideal client is. If you want to work with the top athlete, then you're going to talk to them. But if you're looking to work for the mom that's trying to bounce back, get into her body again, your language has to be so much more basic because they're just trying to stay awake. They don't even know yeah. what's happening. They're like, what'd you just say to me? Pull my pants up. Okay. <laughs> it's just a, a completely different level. And that's why it's really important to understand who is it you're actually talking to. Yeah. I remember a while back I was teaching a class and again, very different. Like I will say being in New York city specifically like where I was coaching and located it was a very high level of people like they did triathlons they were they were climbing Kilimanjaro they were going to Peru and they were doing all these like I was like do you want to teach the class because you're doing far more than me um and I shifted and I started working in a different part of New York State and I said something about, you know, engage your lat muscles. Don't let them falter. And at the end of class, um, two people came up to me and said, what are your lats? 
well, everybody at my old student, because they were just these higher level athletes, they knew what lats were because they worked with physical therapists. They worked with DPTs. They worked with, you know, their conditioning coach. But when I went to a place that was, they were more working out for mental health. They need to move their bodies. They live more in a suburb. They were like, what are your lats? And I was like, okay. So one thing I noticed about me is I also realized I needed to be me, but meet them. So I'll be like, okay, so this is working your lats. Your lats are your back muscles, these things right here. And I'll do a little move. So I go, these are your back. And they're called the lats. And I move them so people can see so that they're being educated, but I'm also not being like, giving them information that is not going to help them. Cause I, one of the biggest things with me with teaching is I want you to leave with knowledge that if you need to work out by yourself, if you need to do anything by yourself, you can go do it. And that's my biggest thing. Like you go run on a treadmill. I need you to know where your parameters are. If you're going to go lift a weight, I need you to know where your form should be. And you're not going to sit there rounding your back in an RDL. So those are the things that are very important. So I try and, keep who I am, but meet them where they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the same online, the same online. You've, you've got to meet people exactly where they are. So Matt, what do you think the pillars for a successful training business are for women specifically? Well, I'll speak specifically to being online, to having a successful business online you you need to be very clear on your messaging really and understand because as fitness pros we can help everybody there is not a body out there that we cannot help but the online space is a whole other beast it's completely different where yes we can help people but we actually have to go extremely narrow in the beginning even in the middle until you're signing clients consistently, that you can start opening the gap. That is not saying you're not gonna sign somebody that doesn't fit the mold. So for example, even my business coaches, they're millennials, they are Harry Potter fans. I do not fit their mold, even in the slightest bit. But I love their energy and I am attracted to them because I just love their energy so much. So you're going to find people that are don't fit the mold and they will find you, but you have to be very clear on your messaging, very clear on your program, being consistent and being consistent does not mean posting every single day on your feed. Being consistent is if I'm going to show up Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to show up Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Being inconsistent is where people fall off and they get frustrated and they don't want to do this anymore. It is not easy, but it can be very, very simple to build a business online and having the foundation, having those pillars of building your business and understanding what your pillars are when you talk about online. So for example, it's like, we want to educate people. We want to, this is a, a, not my phrase. This is my coach, Megan. She calls it edu, ed, edutainment or something. It's basically okay. a play on words that she uses, you know? You want to talk about yourself. You want to tell people stories about yourself. Tell your story. Each one of us are so unique and we all have the most amazing stories. And your story is going to connect with somebody on such a different level. And that's what people are going to want to work with you on. Because they're just like, I love your background. I love where you come from. You have something similar. So talking about that and being consistent. And you're going to sound like a broken record sometimes. You're going to be like, Oh my God, how many times do I have to say this? It's like, well, a lot, a lot. And eventually, and it does not happen overnight. And it really frustrates me when I see coaches say that this happened in six months. They're not telling you the whole story. They're not telling you all the stuff they did before they got to that, that part. They're not telling you the hustle and grind. And it was a hustle and grind back then of what they did to get there and there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs and there's going to be life and life happens you know and so i think it's really important for people to get very clear 
on why they're doing this. What do they really want? Because if they're just doing it for the money, and hey, I'm not saying money is bad because we all should be paid for what we do. Don't ever let anyone say, well, I, should, I, I only do it for the love of fitness. Stop saying that. You need to get paid. You need to get paid. So people need to realize that it's just going to take time. It's going to take a little bit more work and put yourself back into the fitness industry. When you first started, you had zero clients and you had to work the floor to try to talk to people. Well, now all you're doing is working online from your couch. That's the only difference. That's good. Uh, one of the things you said about that, uh, what your coach said. So there's one that I heard it's called time and it's teach, inspire, motivate, entertain. Yeah. And that's the way like you should kind of build on your posting and your messaging. That was one I've heard. And then something else. Um, oh my God. What, what was it that I was, that I wanted to touch on that you just said, Oh, about it. It's going to take time. And that's where I think people are very much missing the mark is on that consistency. And you're going to, which I know that was a big thing for me when I had first started working with you is like, it's not going to be perfect. And I think that was one thing you really tried to get Samantha and I to understand in the group coaching was like, it is not going to be perfect. And that's all right. Just do it and kind of tweak it and figure it out as you go along, because there are going to be differences. There's going to be changes and you are going to sound repetitive and keep saying the same things. And that is absolutely all right, because that is pretty much what I do when I coach clients. It's like, if they're doing a deadlift, I am repeating the exact same thing every time we do a deadlift. When they're doing a lunge, unless it's a variation of something, I'm repeating the exact same things every session. And the way I like to tell people about that is, do you think that when, you know, Steph Curry goes to basketball practice, he tells his coach, oh, you don't need to coach me on that. Like, I'm great. I'm fine. I've done it for years. Like, you know, he still has to do drills. He still has to do warmups. He's still going to have to do his layups. He's still going to have to do suicides. He's still going to have to do all of that every single game, even though he's one of the top players, even though he scores baskets, even though he knows what he's doing, his coach consistently is regurgitating form, movement, speed, cadence, foot strike, technique, arms, all of that is still being spoken, even though you've been playing for years. So I always tell people, so never think that you don't need to hear it because power lifters, or if you do any type of, um, what do you call it, like competition and things like that, they are constantly doing a squat. They are constantly doing the bench press. They are constantly doing a sumo. Like you have to repeat over and over and just have someone watch your form, look at your technique. We're human beings. We fall off. We get tired. We're emotional. We've been going through something. Our mind drifts up. You know, your child is sick. You have a project due. You just found out that there was an accident. It's going to take you twice as long to get to work. Like our minds just wander. And even coaches, you know, I'll have one of my coworkers be like, watch your hips, watch your hips, watch your, what? Because my mind just wandered for a second. So I think that's one thing that it's that consistency and it is repetitive. Yeah. And you know, one of the things I wanted to go back on is when people talk about, you know, they want the money. If they're, if they're just in this for the money, they're not going to make it. They're not going to make it. This they is a labor of love. <laughs> um, because to me, when they're in it for the money, then they come off desperate and it's really just their ego. It's just, it's just their ego. So it's like, you've got to be in this for the long haul. Yeah. That, and that's how you've got to go into this. The, being online, you got to be in, you've got to be in it for the long haul. It's a labor of love. It really yeah. is. Like yeah. it, it is a, it is a passion. You have to get enjoyment and seeing people and everything. And I also tell people like when I coach them or, my clients it's also encouraging to us like I had one of my clients this morning tell me she's like you know uh she was a referral from someone who used to take my class and she goes oh yeah and I told her like when we first started working she couldn't do a full side plank she had to have like her lower knee down now she can hold side planks fine she started with like 10 pounds now we're up to 20 25 pounds like she was like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't been working with you. So I'm always like, it's, it feels really good to be encouraged because sometimes you just kind of feel like you're out in the open. Like, well, I hope they like me. So, 
So it's always encouraging for us to even get that reinforcement. Like we know, we know what we're doing, but it's always just nice to also get that re that reinforcement, that encouragement to be like, you do know what you're doing and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to throw in an extra question. I know I sent you the questions before, but I am going to throw in a couple extras. So one is for people who want a fitness business, what would you say some of the top apps are for them to use? Okay. My all-time favorite is Trainerize. Okay. That is my all-time favorite. But I've had clients use True North. Is it True North? True Coach. True Coach. Thank you. True North is a school year. Never mind. <laughs> True, True Coach. I've had people use it. I have never worked with that app personally. Um, but I also never tell people you have to use this app. Like, no, use what feels comfortable for you. That is, um, that's my all-time favorite app. It really is. It's just, you can communicate through the app. You can, it connects with, um, I was going to say PayPal, but it's my fitness. I think it's called uh, my fitness pal. Mm -hmm. It connects with that. It also connects with, uh, Fitbit as well. So if somebody has a Fitbit, it's really easy to connect. I have worked on both sides of it. I've been a consumer using the app and I've been in the person on the other end of it so I can see how it works. And truly Trainerize is my favorite, but there are a ton of them out there. So I think you have to use the one that works for you, that you know how to explain it. Because when you send that app to the person, your client, you better know how to tell them how to use the app. Because if you can't tell them how to use the app, they're going to get frustrated and they're not going to want to use it. My other thing is, is that be flexible as a trainer. Don't get upset if they don't have a check-in. Sorry, don't get annoyed if they're not using the app. It's, yeah, it's the way for you to communicate, but life happens. And sometimes they just, they didn't get to it. They didn't finish logging their food. They forgot to take a photo of themselves. You know, if that's your thing, be okay. And actually, I'm going to flip back to the photo of themselves. Not everybody likes to do it. And I say that because maybe they have past trauma with body issues that taking a photo of themselves is actually worse off for them. So really get to know your client before saying to them, I need you to take a photo of yourself weekly. Really understand that. Because I've had that happen. Not so much. I don't do the whole photo thing, but sometimes it's if people are looking for certain results and you go, okay, well, what is like, what's your weight? And I had a client who goes, well, I don't want to know what it is like past issues, past traumas and everything. So it's also working within those realms. Sometimes they're different things. It's like, maybe it's measurements instead of weight. Maybe it's this, or I had someone who like her husband, she goes, okay, I'm going to have my husband look at it, take a picture of it. I'm going to step off like in the dark. Like she didn't really want to see it. And I'm, and I think that's something that, especially working with women is that we have to learn because when we read books and, you know, you do your NASM or your CSCS or whatever uh, cert you have for certain results, it's like, okay, we'll take the weight, take the calipers, you know, take the measurements, do this, do that. And it's like, that can be traumatizing or give, you know, past feelings of like gym class or whatever the case may be. So I've noticed like, it's like, okay, cool. But sometimes I say it's going to take a little bit longer for us to get into a rhythm or to see where you are or where you're running should be, where you're rep count should be or where I mean, so it's going to be a little bit more of investigative work. And then I've found that like, once that has started happening, it usually they become comfortable, maybe not with pictures, but it's like, okay, let's take measurements, or I'm fine seeing my weight, because I feel I, you know, I feel great in my clothes, it doesn't matter what the scale says. Yeah, and stuff and like that. Coaches need to, they have to be more flexible, and really understand who they're working with. And do ask the questions. Do you feel comfortable doing this? So there are, there are a ton of apps. Trainerize is my favorite one if you're starting out. Um, oh my gosh, let me grab my phone. What are my other apps? I love Voxer. I'm a Voxer person. Yes. I love it. And the reason I love Voxer is because I can turn my notifications off and 
I don't have to look at it until Monday. Um, so Voxer is my favorite because I can do voice messages. That's what I don't like in Trainerize is that you can't do voice messages in there. You can only type. And sometimes if you're a mom and you got kids around, you're like, dude, I just need to send a message. Yeah. And that really becomes just the best one. So I'll be honest, those are really my two favorite. I don't think you need all the bells and whistles past that, those two apps, to be honest with you. Um, I know that there are a ton of apps out there. Keep it simple. Because I also feel we are overloaded with so many apps. And every time you get a client and you're asking them to download another app, it's like, oh my gosh, how many more apps do I have to put on my phone? People get that. Now, you I'm have that person. I'm the I person that's like, like I went to a coffee shop. They're like, oh, if you download the app, I said, no, I'm not downloading any more freaking apps. So. I don't want any more apps. And so I think when you have a new client, when you're starting your business, keep it simple on the apps that you want people to download. Those are the only two apps I've ever used. Um, for communication because I don't feel you need any more. The great thing about Trainerize and True Coach, so many videos are already uploaded into it that you're like, great. You don't, you know me, you don't need a website. You don't need a logo. You need clients that are paying you. That is what yeah. you need. And, and then worry about everything And then else. worry about your email list. Then there's a whole other bunch of stuff you can use for courses and things like that. Um, I have my favorite, which is Kajabi, but it's also the most expensive. It is. So there's Thinkific, there's Teachable, there's um, Autoresponder, and there's another one that I've had a lot of friends use, and now I can't think of the name of it. It will come to me. Before <laughs> the end, it will come to me. There we go. All right. Beautiful. Let's, uh, I have three kind of, oh, I had one more question for you. What do you think the injury, the industry has too much of and not enough of? Um, okay. So wait, do it. I want to look at my notes really quick to kind of keep myself on step. What do I think the industry has too much of? Okay. We have too much trend. There's too much trendy stuff out there. Absolutely. The latest and greatest thing that Kim Kardashian is doing, the latest and greatest of whatever celebrity person is out there, there is too much trend. And for me, I'm I'm over the trendy. I'm over all of the trendy that I see out there. I mean, I think, I mean, I've seen it all. Like, it's just ridiculous to me, some of the stuff that is out there that some of it has lasted, some of it has not. So what I see when I see the trendy stuff, I see lack of education. I see significant lack of education. It's like, I'm going to make a quick buck. This is the new hottest and greatest thing that's out there. And in six months to a year, it's going to be gone. Why? Because... It was either too hard for the average person to do, or it was just ridiculous to start. Let's just be honest. It was just ridiculous to start. So I'm not a friend of the trendy. I think we still have too much of it. It just, it's somebody trying to be the latest and greatest on a news show or on Insta Famous, whatever. Do you remember um, that moon boots? I think we need more of. I think we still need more education. Yes. I think that a lot of education needs to be put out there. I think we can't get educated enough as fitness professionals, as health coaches. We can't have enough. And we should always be staying on top of the trends that have happened. So I can go back to when I was in school and I was in nutrition school. One of the reasons, and my mother was so mad at me because I didn't finish. I had two classes and I could have been a double major, but I was so annoyed. Two classes. She wanted to flip a lid. She was like, you're telling me you could have had a degree in nutrition. I was like, "Uh uh-huh. And I didn't want it because at that time, and we are talking back in 1996 here, really dating myself. Eggs are good. Eggs are bad. 
milk is good, milk is bad. The nutrition industry couldn't make up its mind what what was good. And to be honest, okay, here's another one that I think is just on a nutrition factor. There's too much trend out there with that as well. We can list out all of the diets, if we want to call them that, that how about we stick to the basics of what's working, what's not working. Now the science will come in when the science comes in and it tells me very specifically, hey, eating too much red meat could block your arteries and you have a heart condition. Maybe you shouldn't eat so much red meat. Put the steak on the on the back burner for a little bit. Get your heart in order. But I just really feel there's too much trend, not enough education. And I also feel the industry has made it so expensive for fitness professionals and health coaches to stay up to par with things when we don't get paid a ton. So now you're going to ask me to go drop $500 to $1,000 throughout the year to get re-educated. It's like 1200 now, inflation. Is I see them going for the cheaper certs just to get the points. And I'm like, how about you invest in your education and get the stuff that actually has science to back it? Not, oh, oh wait, I can go on a tangent right now. Just Not the one day cert that says you're a life coach. These one day things are a complete pet peeve of mine. And I'm sorry, you are not a life coach after going to a five hour so-called certification. That, okay, they're, they're okay. I'm going to breathe on that one because that <laughs> really irritates me because I'm like, no, there's so much more information. There's so much to go into that that you should go and get properly trained. I don't think always, I mean, don't get me wrong. Years of experience has helped me. But if a 20-something-year-old wants to go get a life certification, go get a proper one that's going to teach you what a 40-something-year-old is going through. Because what you go through in your 20s is not the same of what you're going through when you're pre-menopause. Yeah. One of the things you said with the trends in the gym, I think it was, I've never worked for them, so I'll say their name. I think it was Crunch. Don't quote me, but they had like the moon boot class. Do you remember that? (laughs) Do they still have that? But you remember they had the bouncing... Yeah, uh, that, that's one of the, as soon as you said, I don't know why that was the one that just like flooded my mind, but it was the moon boots. Um, and then you made another point about the education. One of the things that I definitely feel is lacking in the fitness industry, which is one of the reasons I decided to go back to school is a, a, B, C, D, E. Like you can get your certs, right? You get you can get either NASM, CSCS, NSCA, ISS, um, not ISSA. What's the other one I'm thinking of? ACSM. Mm-hmm. Don't get ISSM. Um, <laughs> and they all teach you training, but it's the foundation. If someone wants to go deeper, the reason I went back to school is because I have the certs, I know how to train, I know the muscles, but I needed that deeper knowledge and like the road to do it. Cause I felt like I was just choppy everywhere. Like I had my NASM CPT, then I had my corrective exercise. Then I had my human movement specialist, which they all worked great. But I just kind of felt like there, I lacked continuity. Like what do I do first? And not so much with training clients, but with education, where do you start first with your education? Um, where do you start with this? What training programs, who, who are you serving? Like I just, for my last course with my co- with my university, with my master's program, it was basically the CS, CS exam. It was literally the CSCS book. It was the educate. We like basically wrote that whole book. Well, that book is very different. It's for an athlete. It's for a collegiate or professional athlete. That course is not, is very different than NASA CPT. NASA CPT is for gen pop, for general population, is for the nine to five worker. It's for, you know, the person who sits at a desk for 10 hours a day. It's for the mom. It's for the dad. It's for the mildly conditioned or deconditioned. That is not what CSCS is. CSCS is they have 
training, they have knowledge, they're an athlete between like a certain, it's either a collegiate athlete trying to go into the pros, you're working with the pros, or you're working with teenagers that are trying to get picked up as athletes to go into a collegiate program. Well, how do you know which one if no one tells you like what who this cert serves? And I only know the difference because I have both. So I was like, well, my CSCS is great, but I'm not having some 65-year-old man snatch. And snatches are very big because it's a power movement for like a football player, you know, even a soccer player. I have my whole thing about snatches, though. That's my own, that's another topic for another day. But that is their, their programming, you know, are big moves in the beginning. You're hitting your snatches, you're hitting your cleans, you're hitting your front squats, and then you go into more accessory movement, but it's way more about power. Well, you're not starting someone who's never worked out that way before. So I think there almost needs to be a way to be like, who are you working with? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to work with? This is the cert you should do. This is the cert you should do. This is the cert. And then that underlying knowledge when I, my courses all last year were more foundational. So I took research and analytics about how to decipher, like you read, I read all these research articles and it's like, you know, standard deviation and the error of blah, blah. Now I know what all of that means. Now I know what all of the research means, the amount, the population. I had to take biomechanics, which was very interesting from the perspective of like the vector and, you know, the exact you know, angle of a hockey stick or a baseball bat or a soccer kick and how you could train someone. That's what I learned. So I got that foundation. And I think that's what we're missing. It's like, take a cert, take a cert, take a cert. But where's that continuity? Where are you going to find that road towards what you want to do? Which I know is a major reason that I went back because I was like, I need something that is laid out for me in a cohesive way for me to have that knowledge. I also feel that's also the problem with a lot of the certifications right now is they kind of leave you hanging. You take it and then you're like, okay, well now what? What do I do? They don't teach us how to have a business either. And that is something that I realized. It's like, they don't, they teach you the foundation, but they're like, okay, well, how do I have a business? And that was also why I got into what I'm doing because I'm like, they're not teaching them how to have a business. What I feel for personal trainers, health coaches, fitness coaches, they don't realize we're all entrepreneurs. The day we decide we want to be a personal trainer, we are an entrepreneur and we have to fend for ourselves because no one's going to have your back. Sorry to break it to you, but you've got to look out for you. And that is where I was very passionate about making sure you take care of yourself. If you don't have an online business right now, you're missing the boat because there's still time. If you got a certification and you know how to put something together, sorry, <laughs> big car went by, but I think your, your certification is the start in being educated, educated and continuing to educate yourself and continuing to educate yourself is key along with advocating for yourself, advocate for your own business and take care of yourself because if you wait to the end, it's going to be a lot harder. It's just going to yeah. be a lot harder. It is. All right. So I have three rapid fire questions for you. They're fun. Some have to do with fitness. Some don't. So what is your favorite book? Ooh. Oh my God. My favorite book. I've read so many in the last year. I'm trying to think what was the atomic. Ha- oh, it's not my favorite, but I really like this. One of the last ones I read was atomic habits. Okay. Which is a great one. Um, I read a lot of mindset books. Um, I'm like, are they next to my bed? I'm like, where are my books? <laughs> um, something why. Know your why. I read that years ago and I loved it. It was such a great book. Um, money Flows Easy to Me is actually not about money. It is a mindset book and it's it was really, really fabulous. And then I love uh, biographies. So Becoming by Michelle Obama. I really, really love that book. And now, even though I know Lance Armstrong had a fall from grace, I have read all of his books and I enjoyed all of his books. Awesome. Uh, What's your favorite food? I don't know. I love food. I, I love 
food, okay? I love food, but I have a creature of habit when it comes to food. Um, probably there's a dish called spanakopita. It's a spinach oh, yeah. feta dish. Um, it's like spinach pie. That's probably one of my all-time favorites. I love chocolate. It's not a food, really. Like, that's dessert. But I love it. And it has to be good chocolate. Don't give me a Snickers. Like, really. Yep. That's just below me. I'm sorry. Sorry, Snickers. <laughs> but I want the good stuff. If I'm going to have it, I'm going to have the good stuff. Um, I love chocolate chip cookies. I love a good salad. I love, like, a really good salad. And I make the worst salads because I have no time. I'm like, whatever. Throw me some lettuce and some balsamic vinegar and call it a day. Call it a day. <laughs> I'm like, when am I coming to your house? Because someone cooked for me. Thank you. <laughs> and what is your favorite workout? Either body part, day, spin, leg day, upper body day. What is your, like, go-to? Like, that you just get happy about? Spinning. 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 Get in on my bike. I, before moving to Costa Rica, I would ride my bike daily. And so I do miss physically being out on the road, being here, I don't feel safe. I do feel like I'm going to get hit by a car. So that's why I don't ride here. But I could meditate on the bike. My old coach literally taught me how to meditate on the bike. And the first time I did it, I was ended up going about 40 miles an hour downhill. And it didn't scare me. Like I was wow. like, it's just so peaceful. It is so um, freeing that I I can get lost in riding my bike and being, you know, people say they zone out when they run. That's me on a bike. I can zone out on a bike, hands down, my favorite exercise ever. Amazing. Well, that is it. Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you, Instagram, any websites, handles that you are at so that people can find you. So you can find me over on Instagram for 99% of the time I'm over on Instagram. And you can find me at underscore Ria, R-I-A underscore Z. That is where you'll find me. Um, I have a website, but really just head over to Instagram, DM me. <laughs> Ask me any questions. Uh, that is where you'll find me. And I also have a podcast called the Fit Pro Journey Podcast. Comes out every Monday. Um, and it's really about building a sustainable business and being a mom. What? That is amazing. Well, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for joining me. And I look forward to seeing all of the stuff that you do and, you know, re-pivoting your business and everything. And thank you so much for how you have poured into me and served my life and my fitness journey. So I appreciate you. I thank you. And I will talk to you later. Love you, dear. Thanks so much for having me. Have a You're good welcome. Day. You too. Stay home. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.